0: This ethics podcast is dedicated in loving memory and Le'ilu Nishmat, Miriam Bat Rahim. May her soul be elevated in heaven. We are in chapter 6, Mishnah number 6, the famed 48 Ways to Wisdom. We're almost halfway through the Ways to Wisdom. We're up to way number 21, Bimut schok, with limited levity. This is the sixth and final way of the 48 ways that are limited, limited commerce and limited conversation. We have lots of ways that are limited. If you want to have wisdom, you have to do things and you have to withhold from certain things. And there are a class of things that you have to withhold from, but not completely. And the final one of this cohort, of this group is levity. Which means that to actually achieve wisdom, if someone's unserious, if someone is too, you know, lighthearted, then that is a problem. Too much of levity, it's going to be harmful for our pursuit of wisdom. But it doesn't mean that there should be nothing. Nothing is also not ideal, and this is way number 21, b'mi with a little bit of levity. Our sages, the Talmud tells us, would begin their lectures with something lighthearted. They would tell a joke of sorts. And that would be the way, Rashi tells us, to open their heart, to make them receptive. If someone's a little too serious, a little too humorless, Someone like that, we're told, surprisingly, in the Talmud, even though, of course, the pursuit of Torah is a very serious thing, but too much seriousness, it's actually not the ideal setting for serious study. If we want to have wisdom, we have to open up the heart. The heart has to be receptive. If the heart's closed up, no matter how much wisdom there is, it won't penetrate. Well, how do you open up the heart? So one of the tactics that our sages deployed was a little bit of humor. You start with something a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit less serious, a little touch of levity, and that can open the heart, open up the portals for the wisdom to enter. The commentaries note that if someone is very, 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 very serious— and they're not joyous at all, and they're not happy at all. They're actually not a candidate for prophecy. One of the prerequisites for prophecy is happiness, is joy. God will not rest upon a prophet for the sake of prophecy unless he is joyous. And even Jeremiah, while writing the book of Lamentations via prophecy, He was joyous. He was able to separate, so to speak, create the Chinese wall between being happy and being joyous and still being sad about the content of his prophecy. When someone has sadness, when someone is sullen, it's actually a spiritual blockade. Joy is needed for any spiritual pursuit, both wisdom and prophecy alike and therefore a little joke, some joy, a little touch of levity that can actually open the heart for wisdom. But what sort of jokes are we talking about? It seems kind of problematic, you know. We have the Sinai revelation. And this is the ideal of Torah study, and it's a very serious event. It's a terrifying event. In effect, we're saying that the, the heavenly realms, the realm of God, is, it, is open to us. That's a wild idea. And we're supposed to have trepidation when we study. Yet we're told a little bit of joy is also appropriate. The Midrash tells us that even though Sinai was a very serious enterprise, There was something very joyous about it. And that balance of seriousness, of trepidation, of recognition that you are exploring the Almighty's wisdom, balancing that with a happiness and a joy and an ecstasy even, if you will, that you get the opportunity to do that, that is the the right balance. And if someone finds something which is fitting for the occasion, a a nice insight— a little bit on the lighter side, some clever idea, something nice and sharp, some sort of idea or line that is not unbefitting of this atmosphere, of this sacrosanct pursuit. Of course, humor that causes another person pain, that's not at all acceptable. If someone has humor in a way that denigrates things that are important, that changes the perspective from being serious to being unserious. That's not the type of humor that is at all allowed. So if someone's not insulting someone, not God forbid, laughing at someone at someone else's expense, but finding something happy, something joyous that will open up someone's heart to be receptive to wisdom that actually advances, that accelerates the pursuit of wisdom. There's a very famous rabbi who lived. In the twentieth century, named Rabbi Shwadron. And he, he would give lectures, and he would he would say very weighty things, but he was he was always saying clever lines and, 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 and jokes. And someone once asked him, we're studying Torah here. Why are you always making jokes? Why is everyone laughing? So he said to him. Imagine there's a patient, and the patient needs medicine or else they'll die. But the patient is absolutely categorically refusing to open their mouth. Their lips are firmly clasped shut. What do you do? How do you save their lives? You diggle them. And they open their mouths, and then you find a little portal through which you could put the medicine in. Torah is medicine. But we're not necessarily receptive to it. Our hearts may be closed. You make a joke, get them to giggle. They're not as defensive. And once there's a little opening, you could drop some Torah wisdom, some Torah medicine into them. I'll give you a classic example of this. So Rabbi Schwadron once said, he was talking about going in the market, the shuk, in Israel, and it was like it was an incredible experience. I was walking in the market, and it's all these sounds, and all these smells, and all these spices, and all these wares, and all the proprietors are hawking their goods, and it's so enjoyable. It's such an experience. And as I'm there in the market, it's experiencing all this sensual senses being fired, I feel this terrible punch in my chest. And I get disoriented. And I'm trying to enjoy what's happening here. And then, boom, someone hits me again. And then I realize I'm actually in the middle of prayer. I'm saying the Amidah prayer. And during the Amidah prayer, there's a part of the prayer that's supposed to strike your heart. Forgive us, our Father, because we sinned. So, this is a joke, because he's telling us that, how, that anyone who prays with regularity knows that sometimes you prayed and your mind's elsewhere. And you start to daydream, and you have this reverie, and you're in the shook, and then, boom, someone hits you in the chest, and you realize you're actually praying. But that would be a way to kind of convey an idea about the importance of, of being present while you're praying in a way that it's a little self-deprecating and in, in a way that's a little bit more humorous, and that's a way to kind of convey the message. So that form of levity where it's targeted and it has a specific goal, that is, not only tolerable, it is okay, it is good. In the book of Titus, on page 22a, the Talmud tells us that one of the great rabbis met Elijah the prophet. And he asked him, is there anyone around me right now that you can attest is worthy of Olam is worthy of the afterlife? And he says, yeah, these two people, these two people, okay, what do we know about them? So you went over to them, and they said, well, we're, we're jesters. We're jesters. And we cheer up the depressed and the despondent. If there are sad people, people who are depressed, people who are downtrodden, and you cheer them up, and you raise their spirits, that in itself is sufficient to render such a person meritorious for Ulam So, there could be different types of, of humor, different types of levity. The Talmud tells us that there are scoffers who are not welcome before God. There's a category of people who are so bad and so intolerable in heaven that they're not at all welcome. And these are the scoffers, the cynics, people that anything serious, they're always ready to crack a joke. That form of humor, it's totally unacceptable. But if you cheer up the depressed and you enliven the spirit of the downtrodden, that is a great mitzvah, and that too is an area where levity is good. So to open up the heart and to cheer up others, those are all very positive examples of levity. Now the Talmud records some very interesting conversations amongst the sages. There's one episode where one of the sages was trying to coax the other into laughing. These sages were very serious. So, <laughs> the Talmud records a conversation where one of the sages he comes up with the most ridiculous question for the sage. It's so absurd. It's about uh, a a a, a, per- a woman who has a discharge. She she has a baby, but it's not a baby. And then, what if someone marries their sister? It's a totally ludicrous question. And the Talmud initially entertains it as a serious question. And the Talmud ultimately concludes it was all a ruse. He was trying to get the other sage to laugh. It didn't work. The other sage was very serious. But the Talmud says that one of the sages wanted to get the other one to lighten up a little bit. And the reason why he was so serious is because he had a different standard. The Talmud tells us that you are not allowed to laugh with an open mouth, with a full mouth in this world. And we'll see why in a bit. Now, what that means is that, yes, with a full mouth, it's actually a violation of the Torah. We don't have a temple. We don't have God in our midst. We're in exile. Like, we're going through a terrible experience as a nation. How, how could you open up your whole mouth and start laughing? How can you be so joyous to the full extent in such a condition? But on a small scale, in targeted doses, in moderation, a little bit of levity is okay, even encouraged. But this sage who was so stoic, who was granite-like. He was extra stringent. He says, I don't want to get anywhere near full after, and therefore even partial after, I'm going to avoid. He wanted to keep a safe distance between him and forbidden jocularity. After all, life is very serious. This is important. This all matters. And if someone's unserious, if someone's a jokester, That's a real problem because life is very serious. And yes, a bit of it can be helpful, but there were sages that avoided it completely. There's another story in the book of Nadarim on page 50B, going into 51A. It's talking about the great Rabbi Judah the Prince. He was always very serious. And in fact, on the day that he would laugh, any day that this great sage would laugh, there would be some calamity in the world. He was like a the, the bulwark against any tragedy in the world. And if he kind of lost his seriousness for a little bit, then there would be some sort of devastation in the world. One of his contemporaries was always trying to lighten things up. So Rabbi Judah the prince tells him, listen, don't make any jokes. Don't do anything, don't say anything that could potentially make me laugh. And if you do, I'll reward you. I'll give you a lot of wheat. So what's going on over here? There was a disagreement about how serious should you be? And Rabbi Judah the Prince was so serious, even though he was incredibly wealthy, he never enjoyed his wealth. He he was kind of saying, I'm going to be serious so the whole world can benefit. The other sage thought that Rabbi Judah the Prince would benefit from a little bit of of levity. A little bit is appropriate. And the Talmud again tells us a, a very absurd story where one of the sages Gets dressed up. Puts on a ridiculous costume. And shows up before the other sage. And of course, the sage starts laughing. It's hysterical. And again, we see this tension where, yes, it is a value to be serious. And yes, a little bit of levity is okay But there were some sages that took this to the extreme and said, in in, in the condition the world isn't right now, I'm going to be serious at all times. Now, the verse in, in Psalms tells us that when God returns to Zion, it's going to be so wondrous, it's going to be like a dream. And then our mouths can open and be filled with laughter. And the Talmud tells us, in the book of Brachos, page 31a, in this world, you cannot open your mouth full of laughter. And again, full-mouthed laughter is different than partial-mouthed laughter. Why? So ultimately, it gets down to the fact that life is serious. And there's a risk of losing sight of what we're here to do. we on a mission. If you're in the raid on the compound of bin Laden, you're taking this very seriously. No one's cracking jokes as you're trying to navigate the tremendous danger that you may be in. If you take life seriously, you're living on this knife's edge, and you realize everything you do matters for eternity. Every decision that you make reverberates the world over. It's a very serious posture, and we see the emphasis on taking life seriously, and the avoidance, the importance to avoid levity that can be harmful, but again, a little bit in the right setting, in the right context. If it's targeted, it can be beneficial. The real concern with levity is that it may distort your priorities, but think about it, there are things that are important, and they are priorities, and those things we should emphasize in our lives. And then there are things that are less important, that are trivial. If someone's on a very important interview, they're a candidate for a very important job. That's something you take seriously. You put on your best tie, and you polish up yourself and you, you know, you maintain yourself. You look good, presentable. You're not cracking jokes. This matters. If you get the job, well, you have a bright future. If you don't, it could be a problem. If it's an important setting, levity, of course, is not appropriate. And there's a concern, a, a scoffer, someone who's not welcome before God is someone that takes what's important and trivializes it and takes what's not important and makes it very important, elevates it to being very important. If you think about what do people talk about, what do people agonize over? How much of what people are living for is just trivial? Their TV shows. You know, who gets kicked off the island? People that you don't know, people that don't care about you, but you can invest it in their lives, invest it in their stories. Oh, I'm so sad that he chose this one and not that one. It's just so silly. It's so trivial, but if it dominates your life, your time and your focus, your attention, your thoughts, that is a degree of scoffing, so to speak. You take it what's trivial and you make it important. And the things that actually matter, the mitzvahs, which are the only things that accompany us for eternity. That's a mission we'll get to a little bit later on in our book. The only things that matter, the only things that matter are our mitzvahs. That's all that we have. All of our money, all of our connections, our reputation, everything we have in this world does not accompany us for eternity. The only things that accompany us after we depart this world, are our mitzvahs. That's it. That's the only thing that matters. But we trivialize that. Yeah, maybe it's a nice thing. But after all, I got the game on. And the game's really important, right? Again, people that don't know who you are, don't care for you at all. If they see you in the street, they won't give you another look. They won't look your way. The only thing that you have with them is that... The name on their jersey matches the city that you live in or you grew up in. And the only reason why they're wearing that is because they got more money for that. It's so silly. It's so ludicrously silly. Adults playing a child's game. And how many human hours are wasted? This is the danger. Where we take things that are not important and we elevate them. And we take things that are super important and we trivialize them. And that's part of this idea of levity. Now, again, it's not telling us to be so, so, so serious at all times. Yeah, there were some sages that were like that. But a little bit, we're told, is is good. But if it takes over a person's life or even large swaths of a person's life, it's a real problem. And if you want wisdom, you have to minimize, you have to limit levity. Wisdom really matters. It's what we're here to do. And any levity that disables a person from being receptive to wisdom, being capable to understand, to accept wisdom, insight, or direction, that is very dangerous. There's a Jewish axiom that states one moment of levity, one moment of scoffing, of mocking, one zinger can dispel, can erase a hundred admonitions. One little moment, point of cynicism, can just destroy all that you worked so hard to build up. We have a serious life and we have the trivial life. You work really hard to advance the, the serious life. And one little zinger, one little moment of levity can just destroy it all. Now, it's interesting, Talmud tells us, that any sort of mockery is prohibited. We say levity, we differentiate that from mockery. Levity is taking things a little less serious, being joyous, making a little joke, opening the heart to be receptive to wisdom. That's not mockery. Mockery is not permitted, with one exception. Mockery of idolatry, that is permitted, and perhaps it is obligatory. So, levity, a little bit is okay, properly channeled and directed. Mockery, it's only permitted. If it's mocking, idolatry. And there's an example of this in the Torah. When Pharaoh was trying to stop the nation from leaving, at the beginning of Parshas Bo, Moshe tells Pharaoh, God God tells Moshe that you will tell your, your children how I laughed at Pharaoh. I mocked him. He's like, oh, I'm going to stop these Jews, and God's toying with him, playing with him. And it's kind of hysterical. You see this person who thinks they have all the power, and God's just toying with them. And that's funny. And that kind of laughter, where you're laughing at just the futility of Pharaoh, the the idol, trying to overcome and override God, that sort of mockery is permitted, but all other sorts of mockery are prohibited. Now there's a very uh, interesting and informative essay in Masih al in the Way of the Upright, Chapter Five. He uses very strong language on the dangers of levity. He compares it to someone who's drowning in a great sea, and people who are always joking, who never take things seriously. Their heart, which is their touch point with wisdom and growth and advancement, gets destroyed. And their capacity to have reason and logic penetrate is disabled. And they're like a drunkard and they're like a dimwitted person and you're not giving them any direction or advice or guidance. And they'll refuse to accept any rebuke or any helpful tips. And in quotes, the sages, the sages tell us that levity can accustomize a person to promiscuity because once someone is not serious, They could get into a pattern that, like a slippery slope, will lead them to very grave misdeeds, and you have to avoid that by being mindful, by paying attention to what's happening about life, thinking about life, thinking seriously about life. And When someone's laughing, always joking, and always scoffing, and always mocking, and always being cynical. Those activities remove these thoughts, these thoughts about what what am I here for? What's life really about? How am I ensuring that my behavior is compliant with the kind of life I want to have and the kind of legacy I want to leave? And he compares levity to a shield against rebuke. Anything that can help direct a person to the right path, levity can swipe that away. It's a very interesting essay. It goes on and on and on about the devastating danger of runaway levity. So this is way number 21. Too much levity is damaging to the pursuit of wisdom. It could be devastatingly problematic if done wrong. If someone laughs, God forbid, at their friends, if someone whitens someone's face publicly, they have no portion of the world to come. Someone laughs at their friend, Even Yom Kippur does not atone, our sages tell us. The Midrash tells us every bit of levity that enters the heart, a bit of Torah must necessarily exit the heart. They are mutually exclusive. Torah is the pursuit of reality. Levity is the trivialization of reality, and they cannot coexist. But there is a type of levity that's helpful That opens the heart to wisdom. That makes a person more receptive to wisdom. And again, not insulting anyone, but some sort of targeted dose of of levity can help advance the cause of pursuit of wisdom. Way number 21, B'myutzchok, with limited levity, maybe a little bit, a little dose in moderation, done properly, but not too much to distort the priorities of life. I appreciate your attention. My email address is RabbiWalBeAtJimba.com I hope to hear from you with any questions, any comments, or any feedback.